0: Hello everyone and welcome to many More Podcast. Even the thought of losing your loved ones can be devastating. And especially if it is your loving wife. One thing is certain that death is an inevitable part of an individual's life. Our guest today has not just dealt with this grieving tragedy gracefully, but has also become a light to many grieving widowers around the world. He is not just a celebrated author, but also a philanthropist. Herb's book has become a go to literature for many graving widowers around the world. So let's welcome him on the podcast and let's get enlightened. Herb Nall, welcome to Men and More Podcast. We are honored to have you.
1: Well, thank you very much. And it's pleased to be with you.
0: Herb, tell us about Widower Support Network. What is it all about? When did you start it? And why did you start it?
1: Well, The Widower Support Network, um, was a a business, I believe you want to call it that, that I created, uh, after I was, uh, began researching the book that I, I wrote called The Widower's Journey. And about, it was a nine year project to research the book and to write it and to publish it. And about four years in, after having worked with so many widowers doing my research, I discovered that there was a need to have something more than a book that it needed to have a whole network that could go off in many different directions. So I created the, uh, the widowers support network, uh, as a business. And, uh, that was around 2014. Um, and over the period of years, as I continue to research and write my book, I also, uh, introduced a couple of Facebook pages, one for the general public, which is called the Widowers Support Network. And then there's another one. This is the one that's really getting a lot of attention and it's called the Widowers Support Network dash members only. Um, And this particular page is a private page exclusively for men, and it's not just men who are widowed. We define widowed as men who, of course, have lost their spouse, lost their significant other or life partner, perhaps uh, had an unwanted divorce or an unwanted breakup of a long-term romance, or perhaps. Who is a caregiver for a seriously ill spouse or life partner, or a man whose wife or life partner has dementia or um, Alzheimer's, and which is among the worst situations, but you still get to see her, but you can't communicate with her. And I was actually with a gentleman in that very situation as recently as yesterday. Um, so those men are all invited to join the Widower Support Network dash members only on Facebook. Of course, it's a free service uh, where we give men content every single day. Uh, and we talk gardening, we'll talk cars, we'll talk finances, personal health. We play music, uh, hopefully that they enjoy on different days. Um, we we also talk, uh, we support various religious communities on different days of the week. Uh, we don't necessarily preach, but we do respect everybody's faith. And probably the best part is, uh, oh, we, by the way, we talk sports and we talk um, um, Handyman's Corner on Saturday, which everybody sort of enjoys. We even talk about how to cook for one person. A lot of men enjoy that as well. Uh, but the probably the best part, is the interaction among the widowers themselves on that page. And they bring up virtually any topic you can possibly think of from what do I do with my wedding band to how do I keep the memories of my wife alive? Um, Maybe they have problems with their relatives or their family members or their children. Maybe they have problems with their job. Maybe they have problems with grief um, and they might need to be able to seek medical attention. Uh, some men turn to alcohol or illegal drugs or even legal drugs. And so there's a lot of issues that men face. And these men, which number just about 700 in men in 22 countries, these men ask very personal questions of each other, and they give advice to each other. And surprisingly, over half the men, half of the 700, um, are under the age of 50, where women have committed either suicide, or they died at childbirth, um, they died of cancer, they died in car accidents, motorcycle accidents, you name it. And so you'll find men from 22 countries giving advice to each other, and they never check on Where are you from? How old are you? How would you know how to answer my question? Are you 20 or are you 80? They don't question that. You know, are you educated or did you, you know, did you not go to advanced schools? They never inquire. They always know that the person talking to them, the person that's reaching out to them, the person that's trying to help them is a widower in some form. And that's enough. So, it's it's been quite a journey of my own, even creating this.
0: Wonderful to hear that, Herb. We really respect what you're doing. So, Herb, as we all know that you're a celebrated author and a philanthropist, tell us more about you in general, about your personal life. What was your profession before you became an, became an author? And, um, you know, where are you from? Tell us about yourself. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, I am a uh, native of Western New York, very close to Niagara Falls. Um, I'm I was born into a pale blue-collar family. Uh, um, I'm one of eleven children, and at a um, very early age, my everybody in my family learned to work. So I've been working since I was 13. I was entered the army, uh, the U.S. Army at an early age of 17. I went on to become a, what's known as a drill instructor, if you know what that is, where we teach basic training. Uh, after my army days, I, en- I entered the industry of banking. And, and I is a very low echelon employee and I worked my way up uh over a thirty eight year career to the presidency of a bank. Um I worked for several different banks, uh moving around the US quite a bit. I've lived in Texas, Nashville, Tennessee, Florida, Albany, Rochester, Buffalo, and Detroit. Um I lost I, I married and lost my wife Uh, in 2008 to pancreatic cancer. Um, And she fought it for 39 months. Um, It was a a very difficult period, as you can imagine. And about, about four months after she passed away, I was going to work every morning in my office in San Antonio, Texas, at about 4 o'clock in the morning, and banks don't open until 9. And I would work till about 7 o'clock at night, and then I would go home, have something to eat, and go to bed. And that was my life. And one of my employees, a very um, nice young woman, who was only about 20, 21 years old, walked into my office one day and said, "Uh, the entire floor misses your laughter. And it was a wake-up call for me. And I realized I wasn't where I needed to be, and I needed help in dealing with my grief. So I went off to my church, which I'm a Catholic. And uh, I went to the Veterans Administration because I'm a disabled Army veteran. And I went to Barnes & Noble Bookstore. And I asked the clerk at Barnes & Noble, what do you have for a new widower, and he typed widower into his search engine and looked at me and said, I do not have a thing for you. Well, I was shocked, and I had been published in, earlier in my life, and I've always done a little bit of writing, so I decided, well, somebody better write a book for men, and it might as well be me, and within a few months, I resigned my 38-year career and rededicated my life to the service of widowed men, as I described earlier, which come in different shapes and sizes, um, and those who love them. Because those who love widowers need help as well, uh, because it pains them to watch a widower suffer, and they do suffer. Um, unfortunately, the suicide rate among such uh, widowers is three or four times greater than that of married men. So we need to watch our widowers really close. So uh, that was the beginning of what it is I do today. It's the best thing that I've ever done. Um, The friends that I have made, including you gentlemen, um, is I feel enriched by it. I'm humbled that people turn to me the way they do for help with some of the most difficult parts of their life that they will ever face. And, um, the, the recognition that the Widower Support Network is continuing to receive, as well as the book that I finally, you know, released after nine years, um, it, it continues to get five star ratings on Amazon. We're very excited about the podcast that we're now producing under the Widower's Journey podcast. And I invite everybody to listen to those. Those are terrific, by the way, and I write a monthly column, which you gentlemen are kind enough to uh, publish on a regular basis, so we thank you for that. Uh, it's the best thing I've ever done, and men my age, uh, my vintage, a lot of them play golf or they do different things. Um, that I do this. This is what I do, and I do it seven days a week.
0: It's wonderful to know your origin story and, you know, what you've done in life. And we seriously respect you for that. And apart from that, we're really honored and thankful for the amazing content that you produce for Men & More. And it is loved by a lot of our viewers and we've got great feedback about it.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Um, And I'm sure when this podcast will be released, people will like you. I mean, like this podcast the same way they like your content. Uh, moving forward, herb, uh, you told us about a very tragic situation and something really uh, devastating, which was losing your wife. So you know, how did you deal with that grief?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I, in part, I dealt with my grief before my wife died because I knew she was dying and every single day before I opened my eyes in the morning I would feel her presence next to me in bed and I would realize I have to give her another good day and we did that for 39 months and I watched my wife go from a size eight to a size six, to a size four, to a size two, to a size zero. And I grieved for 39 months. And then I grieved after she was lost. Um, I like to think that the work that I do in part was therapeutic for me. It gave me purpose, which every man has to have in life. And when a man is married and loses his wife or life partner, it's amazing how they frequently lose purpose. They have no one to provide for, no one to protect, which is instinctive in every man on planet Earth to do those things. Um Instead, you know, we we are adrift. And so the work that I do uh, gave me purpose, gave me reason to get out of bed in the morning. It gave me reason to, you know, get up and do something for my fellow man. And I highly encourage men to do that. Uh, men who do not have purpose stay in the shadows of our world and... That is a troubled spot to be in. Part of the reason pardon me part of the reason why men have troubles is because they don't think that they have permission to grieve. This occurred to me after a speaking engagement in Connecticut when I watched these gentlemen who I had addressed interact with each other and it came out that Men do not think that the world is interested in watching them mourn, um, which is really sad. Frequently, our parents will say things like, "Uh, boys don't cry. Well, why not? We have tear ducts. Why don't we use them? But in many cultures, uh, a man needs to be stoic. A man needs to be strong and a man needs to get back in the game, as people say, or get over it. Well, you don't know what it's like to try to get over the loss of your purpose to be alive. So um, what do they do? They do turn to alcohol, or they do become lethargic. They don't care about their job anymore. One man said to me, I um I don't have a reason to get up in the morning. You know, who do I have left to impress? Nobody. So what do I care about my job? And then they get in trouble on their jobs and they lose their jobs frequently. Um so one man said to me <clears throat> I asked him what was the best thing that happened to you during your grief journey. And he said When I told my family and friends, I'm fine, leave me alone with my thoughts, they ignored my instructions and forced their way into my life, and I'm so glad that they did. You know, think about that. So many people, even somebody said to me one day, I didn't want to bother you, Herb, so I didn't call. And my response to them was, I wish you had because I needed that phone call pardon me um so so men climb into the shadows and they say I'm fine well they're not fine they're broken and in a private candid moment they will tell you that they're broken and because men are fixers it's part of our dna we fix things. We see things broken around the house. We know it's our job to fix it, right? Well, men see themselves as broken, and rightfully so. So they try to fix it. And how do they do that? Oh, they will uh, maybe have a romance with the first woman that shows up. And, but that's what I need. I need a woman in my life. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you'd be better off without a woman. But men thinks that they're not being invited out anymore with friends. Um, they're, 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 no, they're no longer uh, invited to party sometimes because the wife was probably the one who caused the social calendar to get filled. The wife is the one that keeps the husband healthy by telling him to eat right and to see his doctor once in a while and to get his PSA check. It's the wife that does all that. And she's gone. So this man says, I'm broken. I need somebody in my life to, to handle all this for me. And they go off marry frequently the first woman, maybe not for passion, maybe not for love, but for a whole bunch of other reasons. And then later on, they realize they made a mistake. Men are impulsive. They make quick decisions because that's what they do. They're fixers. And if the fix that they applied didn't work, no problem. I'll just put another fix on it. But they keep on applying fixes. And and frequently, those fixes are ill-advised. They shouldn't be doing those at all. And because they're impulsive, they do them way before they're ready. So they make a lot of mistakes. And that's why the divorce rate among married men who re- or widowed men who remarry is so high. Um, did I answer your question?
0: Yeah, definitely. You that was really great insight. First of all, it's it's commendable that you you dealt with this grief for uh, thirty nine months. I mean, I can't even think about uh, dealing with it with such situation it, it scares me to death and my question is that uh, how do a man prepare himself for the, such, such tragedy because it, death is inevitable you can't postpone it or uh, deny it but how do you prepare um, for a death of a loved one in this case your wife your partner anyone uh, how do a man prepare for this
1: uh, great question um, you can't prepare for it. And I'll tell you an interesting after effect. Um, I have remarried several years after I lost my wife, Michelle. I remarried a beautiful woman from Cuba. And I find today that I am more protective of her than I probably was of Michelle. I've always been a protective husband. Most husbands are. But I find that I, I get frightened even when my new wife catches a cold. Uh, it concerns me greatly because, uh, as you get older, your immune system breaks down and, you know, it's just tougher to recover from various ailments. So, uh, if, if you have, um, any belief in a higher power. I happen to be a man of faith. As I mentioned, I'm a Catholic and I place a lot of uh, trust in the Lord. Uh, Again, I don't try to preach, but I, for men who Mm -hmm. do believe in a higher power, I would say turn to that higher power and you're never going to be ready for the devastation of a bad diagnosis. But uh, the one thing I would caution every man to do is to watch their health. And here's the reason why. When Michelle was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, I can't tell you how many people said to me, Watch your health, Herb. And I was troubled by that. I, and I would come back with, Well, why are you saying that to me? I'm not the one with the diagnosis. She is. I'm the caregiver. Well, little did I realize that a caregiver is under tremendous stress, even when they think that they're tough. I don't care who you are, how tough you think you are, how well-anchored you think you are, you're vulnerable. And I knew that I was vulnerable, at least a little, so I went to Vanderbilt University and saw a psychologist. And the psychologist asked me, why are you here? And I said, my wife has a deadly diagnosis and I need to be sure that I'm on top of my game. And the good news was the psychologist thought I was doing pretty good, but I still didn't understand completely why people were warning me to watch my health. Well, uh, what happened to me is my first day back at work after my wife passed, I pulled in my driveway And I got out of my car and I collapsed to the ground and I was stricken with kidney stones and I had to bear those kidney stones for five days before they were surgically removed. The doctors told me that the stress of being a caregiver, the stress can cause kidney stones. I had no idea. Then a couple years later, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And again, the doctors told me that prostate cancer in part can be triggered by stress in your life. Again, I had no idea. So I encourage every caregiver, every widowed man to see a medical professional. I care not who you are. I care not how tough you think you are, how healthy you think you are. I don't care if you run marathons. You need to see a doctor. And frankly, I hope the doctor refers you to a mental health professional, because you probably need that too. And it's always better to be safe than sorry. So I would encourage everybody. That's the first thing I tell every widower to do is, have you seen a doctor? And did you go see a mental health professional? Just to help sort things out. Because you don't know what you're even missing in people's dialogue right now because you're in a fog. So um, to answer your original question, you can't prepare for the death of a mate, but understand that it's inevitable. You know, nobody gets out alive, as they say. And it's a very difficult period. And, and most men will go first, but one out of every five men will be widowed. And of those five of that 20 percent, a fair number of them will remarry and they will be double widowed. (coughs) Pardon me. Hang on. Hang on. where that came from. <clears throat> Next question, please. <clears throat> While I'm thinking about it, <clears throat> let me mention this suggestion. A lot of men live a very shallow life. And when I say by shallow, they don't have many friends. Men inherently are not that talented at developing and maintaining long-term relationships. Again, the wife in most cultures are the ones that maintain the social calendar, Um, They keep the family unit together and all those good things that we love our women for. But so many men become isolated once they become widowed because they don't have friends. And I would encourage every man think about that. If his wife died today, how many men are there that they could turn to and have the candid coaching sessions that they so desperately need. Again, most men don't have it, and they will retreat into the shadows of society, and most people uh, won't even know that they're a widower. They won't even talk about it. It's interesting, in America, we have 3.25 million widowers in the USA. Yet, when I ask people Name a widower. Most people cannot do that. After about five minutes of thinking about it, they'll come up with, oh, wait a minute, there's a man down the street, or there's a man at church, or there's a man at work, or my girlfriend's father, or something like that. They'll come up with a couple names. But there's 3.25 million widowers here, and people can't identify them. Now, what's interesting, I've already said that 20% of all men will be widowed. If you take a look at the presidents of the United States, there has been 45 of them. 16 have been widowed, which is a third, uh, 33% rather than 20%. I find that interesting. There are actors who made a whole career out of playing the part of a widower. Mel Gibson comes to mind. Mel Gibson was in the movie Braveheart, where he played a widower. Mel Gibson was in uh, The Patriot, where he played a widower. He was in a series of detective movies with Dorsey Glover, where he played a widower. I mean, it's, it's fascinating that this happens, and, but people don't really take note of it because nobody pays attention to widowers. So the moral of the story is make friends and encourage those friendships by being proactive in building on them. Because when you need friends later, you're going to wish you had them.
0: Um, that was some really shocking statistics, Herb. And thank you for the great piece of advice. Um, as per my observation, most men close themselves in a room. Or they close themselves in their house after any tragedy or when they lose a loved one. Um, what should they do instead? How can we, as a society, help them? You know, in these tough times, how can we help them stay put? How can we support them? You know, any insight which you know, how can we play a part in making their lives worthwhile?
1: That's a good question as well. Um, I tell family members, in fact, I've actually published, I think, a couple articles about this topic. Uh, don't leave the men alone. It's interesting that when I was writing my book, The Widower's Journey, I called a gentleman I know who's a playwright. And I used to sit on the board of directors uh, of his theater. And I said, you know, I'm writing a book, and I think there's a play in this book. And he said, well, what's it about? And I said, the book is about widowers. And he said to me, Herb, I'm not going to write a play about widowers. And I said, okay. So over the next four months, every other week, I would send him things that men were saying to me that were widowed. Things that were very thought-provoking or... Things that were very sorrowful. And all of a sudden, after four months of doing this, in my inbox, I received a script to a two-act, 15-scene play. And it's called I'm Fine. So I called the playwright up, and I asked him, I said, well, what's this script all about? He goes, it finally occurred to me. That when you kept sending me all the words and wisdom and insights of the widowers, that my own father is a widower. And everything these gentlemen have been saying is true. And I had to write the play. So here you have, oh, by the way, the play won best new play of the year in upstate New York three years ago. Um and the script is available if anybody's interested in performing it. So here's a man whose own father is a widower, and he had basically forgotten. And when I look back, my father was a widower at the age of 64, no, 65. My mother died at 63. And I look back at my behavior and how I supported my father. I I did not do a good job. I'm embarrassed by that. I'm ashamed of that, that I didn't recognize like a lot of people don't recognize the pain that widowers feel. And I didn't even see it in my own father. And I'm trying to make up for that today by trying to encourage other men to do that. So whatever you do, don't leave a widower alone. And don't don't shy away from letting him talk about his deceased bride. You know, it, she lived and, she, and her memory needs to be kept alive. And it's very therapeutic for men to be able to talk about those, uh, the women that were in their lives. And frequently on our Facebook page, men will talk about the new ladies that come into their life and how some of them are understanding that there was a history, there was a previous woman, and they're sympathetic to it and they're supportive, much like my wife today is of my loss of Michelle. My wife is terrific. She understands that when you get older you you've lived, and when you've lived you've you have baggage and on the Facebook page, frequently there are men who are challenged by their new girlfriends or the new love of their life, who doesn't want to see the picture of his deceased wife even in the house. Doesn't want him to mention her birthday when it comes and passes. Doesn't want him to remember his anniversary. Doesn't want want to remember the day that his wife died. My wife, Michelle, died on March 7th. And every year, I think about it for 21 days leading up to it. Michelle entered the hospital for the last time on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day. And she never came home. And I can tell you every single year, those 21 days between February 14th and the 7th of March, I relive those days. And my wife understands that I'm doing that. And I do, I don't do it with a lot of actions and words, but rather just quietly and, and internally I, I relive that. And that's okay. And that's okay. As it would be okay if she lost her husband. You know, uh, but just because you loved one person doesn't mean you can't love another one. Just like you can love multiple children. You can love two parents. You can you can love a, a teacher you had. You can love a good friend of yours. You could love is is the human heart and the human mind is capable of of spreading that love around. And it doesn't take anything away from the previous lady that you were married to. And it doesn't diminish your love for the new lady. Uh, and a lot of folks, frankly, aren't mature enough to understand that, and they feel threatened by a ghost, which is really unfortunate. And in those cases, I recommend that the men run away, don't try to make it work because it's not going to. I've seen too many, too many men crash and burn, um, and it's it's unfortunate.
0: <laughs> Indeed, unfortunate. Um, Herb, it's really great talking to you, but uh, we'll have to end it. So my final question to you is, how does a widower's healing phase look like? I mean, um, you know, how is the healing process, and is it the same for everyone? What is it all about?
1: Okay, well, let me try this. No two men are alike. A healing will never be absolute. If you truly loved your wife, um, then you're always going to love the memory of her as well. And so it's, it, it's never going to be totally over, but you will adjust. And what will happen is the human mind has this wonderful ability to take the most painful of memories and push them to the back corners of your brain. And assuming center stage are the the cherished, loving memories, they will take center stage. And it's remarkable how that happens. Um, And you can feel joy, you can feel fulfillment, but it's not gonna happen unless you are engaged in your own recovery. If you think sitting on the sofa, watching reruns on television, and keeping the curtains drawn is the answer, you're, you're mistaken. You will end up uh, not in a good place in most cases. Rather, I would encourage you to get off the sofa to find purpose in your life, to be sure that you're healthy, to re-engage society, and you will find the rewards that you're looking for. And I can almost promise that every single person will enjoy that, but they have to get into the the game, as they say. And it's not all that hard. And I, the men, you know, they watch my Facebook page, they read my book, they read my articles, they listen to the podcast, and they feel empowered, like, oh, that's how that's done and i would encourage men to do that i mean if, if your listeners are interested we you know our facebook page is a dynamic page with lots of tips i mean just a wealth of knowledge i have many many i have about eight different writers who write columns for us and nobody is paid they are all volunteers who care about our fellow man and most of them are widowed men themselves uh, so we have a lot of intellect to make available to the people around the world that are grieving of all ages. And they can come to us and know that we will treat their, their questions and their concerns and their pain with respect. We don't pass judgment. We're not here to pass judgment. We are here to comfort and assist. And that's exactly what we do. Uh, the, the podcast is one of our newer uh, offerings. Uh, There are seven podcasts up and available right now under Widower's Journey. And there's 15 more that are under development uh, right now. The columns, uh, you gentlemen are nice enough to publish my columns, so your readers get those on a monthly basis. And um, we have a website that's being reengineered right now. It's called WidowersSupportNetwork.com. And I would say to you that the majority of men who come through our doors, our virtual doors of the Widower Support Network, uh, enjoy a degree of healing that they probably would not have enjoyed otherwise. And there's another dynamic. There are at least two men who have openly stated on the Facebook page and it's Widowers support network dash members only that they had full intentions of committing suicide, but they decided not to in part because of what they learned on our Facebook page. And you can believe I was stunned to read both of those notices. Um, and I, I'm, I was deeply touched by that. So there's help out there. Uh, It's not going to happen if you don't seek it out and it's free and it's effective. And we'll be very honored to be able to reach out to your viewers, your listeners, and do what we can for them with our compliments.
0: Well, Herb, that that was a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Um, Where can people go and learn more about what you do? How can they contact you? I know you've told that already, but... Just as a refresher to our listeners and whoever is listening, um, where can they find you and get in touch with you?
1: Sure. I'd be happy to uh, give you that information. I'll be happy to receive uh, direct emails at herb at widowerssupportnetwork.com. And that's plural on the word widowers. So it's all one word, widowerssupportnetwork.com at Widowers Support You can also go to the Facebook page, Widowers Support Network members only, or the public page, Widowers Support Network. And then uh, the podcast, if you're interested in that, that's the Widowers Journey podcast. And I have to you know, thank you, gentlemen, for the opportunity that you give me and my work. Uh, to heal hearts around the world. And I'm going to be forever grateful to you for what you've done for the men that we chose desperately are eager to serve. So thank you. My compliments to what you do.
0: So listeners, that was Herb Nol, the author of A widower's Journey. This was another episode of Men and More podcast. You can visit our website, menandmore.com and follow us on all social media platforms. And if you like the podcast, Don't forget to rate it, don't forget to subscribe to it, Uh, it will be a great, great help from your side. So this is me Kavesh signing off, see you in the next one.